guys, welcome back to season six, episode twenty, a Melanie Prom podcast, and we are back on the nostalgia train as we tackle the Powerpuff Girls. Now you're thinking, as me, why are we tackling the Powerpuff Girl? Well, we just got done with our little October series, so I thought we dive right back into the nostalgia factor, and I'm riding this train to the extent of where I can ride it to and I think we all agree that I enjoy a little nostalgia back to my childhood as much as the next person and the next show that I am tackling is the Powerpuff Girls. Now you're thinking why particularly did I choose the Powerpuff Girl out of all the cartoon series that I could pick from? I think why I picked it because we hear a lot about shows geared towards boys or girls and where that shows a very empowering gamut to the role models that we look up to. And some would say that the Powerpuff Girls are feminists. And I think, you know, there's some good compromise of that to the notion of looking back at the show and like really like diving deep under new lens versus a child's perspective versus an adult perspective. And I feel like the Powerpuff Girls exhibit strength without compromising their femininity. And for each girl has the power of flight, super speed, super strength, super hearing, heat, and x-ray vision. But I feel like those abilities aren't mutually exclusive with their cuteness. Overall, I feel like having a striking um, role model as icons as these girls have in girlhood may be, but it could be argued that the popularity may reflect a dramatic shift in our societal views of gender roles and gender norms, but rather our inability to stomach female anger unless it's sure-coded in cuteness and score with a very prospectively cheaper non-threatening tone. And I feel like Powerpuff Girls was a refreshing take on that, um, the iteration of superheroes and superhero in the late 90s, early 2000s, rather than it should be the sh- sword in the tough or sexy binary, which almost most other female heroes are put in that category. But they presented a different shift in our understanding of how the way female power can be pr- represented and presented to, to the audience. I feel like for these, the power girls were not overly sexualized, unlike most superheroes superheroines wearing boxy dresses like with uh, Mary Jane the Powerpuff Girls portrayed a cuteness in lieu of their nearly lack of curves or curves I guess associated with the majority of cartoon female superheroes and our trio of heroes are first and foremost kindergarten age little girls who may use their cuteness to their advantage in battle but do not count seduction among the, the many powers um, as a to Sedusa, one of the adult villains in the show. But in fact, Power Girl doesn't really address their sexuality at all. I feel like one of the creators did, um, someone had did an interview that characters like Buffy um, and Alex might grapple with the changes that come along with Pube in a way that impacts the power. But Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup did not encounter such um, purity influence. For the Powerpuff Girls, uh, Craig McCracken actually intended them to be gender blind. And he said in an interview, he's like, I don't think of them as girls. He said, I think of them as kids. It's nice to see an elementary school girl actually be allowed to be an elementary school girl. And I think that encounter a misguided feminist while ridiculing feminism. And I feel like in the episode, it equals eight. The female villain, Femme Fatale, convinces the girls to hate men and hopes the her fertile setting, her plan is still Susan B. Anthony's coin from local bank. Since Townfall is essentially a haven of equality, it's initially seen in the show as undermining its feminist narrative with, with the representation of this character whose sole purpose is to vanquish men for her personal gain. 
She even said in the episode, surely you notice female superheroes aren't nearly as revered as male superheroes. Yet the episode revealed a very powerful message about what feminism really means. With the self-proclaimed feminist of all feminists is finally caught, she suddenly argues that she deserves less jail time because she is a woman, realizing that she has been taken advantage of by this fake feminist. Blossom steps forward and explains to her that feminism isn't about special treatment, it's about about special treatment it's about equal treatment and i think that that idea of female perfection are through three different very distinct personalities each of the powerball girls have a distinct personality and each personality type is validated throughout the entire show the third wave of feminism um i feel like is the highlight of the diversity of women experience over similarities among women Blossom is a level-headed and mature to the point of being overly serious. She has a very maternal instinct that allows her to play peacemaker when her sisters fight. But, and then, living up to her name, Bubble is the most bubbly of the group. The end of her theme song refers to her as the joy and laughter. And, agreeably so. And finally, Buttercup is the most aggressive of the three. And though she occasionally is st very stubborn, she's extremely protective of Blossom and Bubbles. And I feel like between all these three girls are decidedly different that the show allows them to be empowered through their variation of strength. Different episodes highlight the pros and cons of their three distinctive personalities. And we also see that as in real life, these are not quite yet women or are the most powerful when they work together. And I feel like it's very important for the Power Buff Girls because like, you know, they worked well as a team. They don't really work well when they're apart. I mean, they can work well apart, but it just works better when they're just not, you know, separate, when they're always together. That shows the vastly important of teamwork the show was trying to build. And I feel like for Power Buff Girls in particular, I feel like why it was so just becoming a big, like, huge, like, feminist icon. I feel like, you know, Powerpuff Girls, you couldn't tell me that you didn't know who Blossom, Bubble, and Buttercup were or able to point them out in a lineup because of any other cartoon superhero. Those big eyes and round stubs for hand and feet are uniquely specific to these girls, emphasizing their soft, charming, you know, outer appearance. And if you've actually met a fan of the show, you know, Powerpuff Girl was an amazing anime show based on a simple premise where many of us intentionally induced the idea of feminism and woman empowerment. I feel like not only was the Powerpuff Girls an amazing show based on a simple premise, but for many of us, it's intentionally introduced the very idea of feminism and women empowerment. And I feel like for the Cartoon Network series was created um, by the animators Craig McCracken and originally aired for six seasons from 1998 until 2005, you know, the protagonists were kindergartens by day and superheroes charged with protecting their beloved towns at night, but not at bedtime. And I feel like Buttercup, who's voiced by E.G. Daly, was the toughest of the bunch. She was a fighter who threw hands and feet and asked questions later. And then Bubbles, voiced by the lovely Tara Strong, was by far the daintiest one of the group who was easily distracted by her love of puppies, kittens, and any super cute animal. And then Blossom, voiced by Kathy Caravana, was the smart, strategic leader of the sisters who set a great example for a female mastermind everywhere. But I think they were raised by their single dad, Professor Utonium, um, who convinced them via science, who conceived them via science experiment and gave them superpowers. And I feel like for the writer for Powerpuff Girls, I feel like that was, you know, interesting concept. The girls came, the girls who powers came from Professor Utonium accidentally spilling chemical acid into his mixtures of sugar, spice, air, they nice, you know, more 
then account for the femininity. And I feel like, you know, while we chose to focus on this universal experience of children everywhere, you know, I feel like the writers had demonstrated like the loss of, you know, what it takes to raise a kid of losing a tooth, laying in the bed, or having an evil substitute teacher or a stepmother that can foil any plan, even when you are the superhero. And power by Powerpuff girls may have the ability to fly, become invisible, have a super strength, super speed, and use activism, but they still behold the law of childhood. They go to school, they listen to their dad, and they even have bedtime. Like, come on now. Even from the, their three very strong, distinct personalities to choose from, the Powerpuff girls prove that women are not mythologic creatures. And with the same interest perspective, I feel like thanks to, I don't know, I feel like the it takes it from the creators to bring like the show to, to alive and specifically by power of girls i feel like when we're looking at this show we see like this type of superhero type parody and i feel like for this in case since blossom butter and buttercup completely had a different transition to that cartoon front from the late 90s to early 2000s i feel like the for the powerpuff girls when they first debuted it was like a new generation of young women sought to redefine the movement of women's rights with a focus of identity of politics, um, sexual liberation, and a hard resistance to violence against women. This gave way to new forms of art and media that sought to address the demands of women who were fed up and proud of it. I think the power of girls hit national stage in the same decade that Anita Hill historically testified that future Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has directly harassed her. But even though dying back into this, I feel like the world was watching as American women move away from their mama's feminism. It was popular. I think a good movement but going back to the power of girl they helped that idea of the girly feminist and i think overall this you've had like different generations come out of girls like the spice girls um then the powerpuff girls and i feel like for looking for some from that portion of the powerpuff girls and the villains and girl power runs through the show's veins and is apparent like the most memorable case is mojo jojo mojo jojo is a mutant chimpanzee who's envious of three kindergarten heroes in town he even creates the rowdy rough boy from snips and snails and puppy tails another old tail i feel like an attempt to give the girls a masculine run for their money but despite his intelligent mojo jojo's macho overconfidence allowed the power girl to defeat him every single time and i feel like for mojo jojo he was just the perfect mix of intelligent but not being aware that he's kind of dumb if that isn't an allegory of a male privilege and its effects like mansplaining and mansplaining then i don't know what is <laughs> i feel like another villain in the power of girl series that strapped me the most is princess morbox a sport little rich girl who i imagine grew up to regard um shirley sandberg's leaning as a bible even though she never had to work herself bossy demeaning and extremely resentful to the power of girl special powers and goodness and overall likability and princess morbox often tried to use her wealth to get her way she is a contrary tale of what fate awaits the power of girl should they choose greed autonomy over the good fight and i think for princess morgan more bucks when the show was rebooted in 2016 i feel like she was the excellent inside of villainous she is blossoms of the side of the coin both because they are both driven blossom has a very good sister side and blossom is a leader you know and i think overall why she, princess morbuck works really well of being blossom's other side her other evil side if blossom chose to look for greed and then we have another villain called him fashion after the devil himself him proved how impressionable young people are as the other villains sought to destroy the girls for their own personal gain 
Him used psychological tactics to get better of the girls for no other reason than to make them suffer. In the episode titled Often Evil, the episode where he first appeared, he possesses one of Bubbles' stuffed animals and convinces her to turn Butterfly and Blossom against each other. And with the girls fighting their fighting, he unleashes reckless destruction of Townsville. If mastering our own confidence and ability to stay true to ourselves, no matter what our greatest strengths are as women, him was the most scariest, most sadistic adversary of them all. And I feel like Powerful Girl was not only only exclusive to the Girl Only Club, though. I think the message there through the entire series was no matter their gender, I feel like, you know, anyone could enjoy Powerful Girl. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. I feel like Powerful Girl Powerpuff Girls refused to be the pigeonhole to just only be exclusive to both women and girls. Undoubtedly, it helped it thrive for the past 20 years. But I feel like, in particular, watching the girls fight different villains and helping them see the girls differently, I feel like that was the true essence of their story and their um, plotline. I think overall, when you see a show like Powerpuff Girl have such a strong original run and very strong voice after bringing them to life, and all these characters, you know. It just makes the show work. And I feel like overall, I think as the show keeps evolving and rebooting and then we're getting new characters, I feel like each character is exactly like us. You know, you have a, we play the sister and you embrace the role. You play the mother, you, play, you embrace the role. Each character, I think, within self is perfect because at the very least, you have eight women have forever changed by three kindergarten girls with superpowers that counted for something. But the reality is that hundreds of thousands, if not millions, more were just as moved as we were. I feel like despite the criticism from the second wave of feminist theorists and sexist dudes who just didn't want to see women dominating their screen and radios, this was the accessibility entry point for feminist conscious. And I feel like anyone who questions whether we needed the power back of the 90 or not isn't paying attention. Following the alarming, you know, everything that's happened with women's movement, the Me Too movement, and casting a long dark shadow on pop culture, issues like sexual assault, equal pay, and representing dominant is the very national conversation, both within and outside of entertainment. Nearly a decade after the third wave broke, women are once again using diverse voices to rally around a set of unifying issues. Those bold re- resurgence of feminist values has always been conceived upon upcoming tours with the Spice Girls and up with trends and of course reboots of the Powerpuff Girls. But those of us who are fans around expressing our devotion differently as adults instead of playing of the role playing the power of girls we make avatars in our own likeness share them with our friends online we're less invested in the fight against mojo jojo and princess Morbucks and more in the ones with our bosses our partners and our elected officials i think overall for the power of girls leading to this legacy that they create and you know asking peoples and the creators of the show the vision of the power of girls and what was the empowerment and, com- and the combination of themselves for, for a colorful launch. I feel like, you know, the power of girls in particular, like the seed was there, the seed was planted and it just took, you know, a time for it to grow in its own hindsight of like where that truly left us. And I think, you know, how the power of girls like helped shaped feminism and like, you know, remember what the power of girls taught us. I feel like if I remember correctly, like watching Power Girls when I was young versus now, I feel like the Power Cup Girls taught us to like about equal rights. Like, you know, is that too much to ask for? I feel like particularly for I don't know, I feel like I think there was a shortage of original female heroes. Needless to say, Femme Mattel did assert a 
compelling point of female superheroes tend to be less popular or revered than male ones. But in fact, many of the heroines that we know are simply females extension of their male counterparts. When we ask to name a heroine in their own name, Power Girls are only able to name Wonder Woman. Femtel also highlights the villainy dominated by men such like his hero them is. And customarily, female characters in superior comics were reduced to career girls or love interest for the hero, not unlike Mary Jane or Lois Lane. Female crime fighters only began to appear in pop culture by the 1940s, which introduced the, you know, the Phantom who Phantoma, who protected her jungle using superhero abilities. But Phantoma's comics were published by a fiction house publisher, recognized for featuring progressively female characters at the time, you know, and it kind of like grew from there. But I think, you know, having them from being like war nurses to girl detective, counter spies, and animal skin clad jungle queen, they were in command, guns blazing, daggers unsheathed, and sword in hand. They left across the pages ready to take on any villain, and they didn't need no rescuing. That was the importance of female like movement and female superheroes. And I feel like in the morals of those episodes, I feel like the members only episode in the power crowds are denied entry in the association of world supermen and all exclusive male operation of and superheroes despite being just as strong and capable as the older male superheroes. In that highlight of that show, it rejected general because she turned into in the roles of both the girls, mothers and fathers, is regularly shown as particularly in stereotypical feminine activities. But I think overall the episode focused both on dismissing traditional gender norms, both in how men and women need to be provided equal opportunities for success. Though many criticized the equal fight episode for how it presented feminism and girl power, it was instrumental in igniting the conversation on several topics we failed to discuss, including um, monogamy and the lack of equal opportunity to pride to women, but it also highly relevant for the children who watch these programs to understand the gender-based prejudice that they like to face growing up and to rise to fight against such patriarchal systems. And I feel like that episode was not necessarily the best way to teach children about feminism and gender equality, but it was still significant enough to make us understand and acknowledge that gender discrepancy in some spaces strive for equal rights. I think what I'm getting at here, how Powerpuff Girls was like way ahead of its time when it came to showing these rights is that, you know, despite a show that you think is very, you know, cool ahead of time, look as a child, you know, that was impressive to see like three powerful superhero girls like in kindergarten fighting crime and they were girls and they didn't need no one to save them. But I think looking at the lens adult, there was more of an underlying message with that that we completely missed. And looking back on it, I understand more of that now, which I'm really like eternally grateful like for the show. And I, and I thoroughly appreciate that like a lot. And I'm glad, you know, I can like look back on these shows with a different lens, with different outfits to it versus how I look at it back then if I was like a kid so definitely check out Powerpuff Girls if you haven't already like go have like a Powerpuff Girls like day marathon and thank you for tuning in this episode and I'll see you soon for another podcast episode until then take care and have a great day until then bye